Coming up on this episode of East Screen, West Screen, it's a Hong Kong round table as we're all sitting here together in the flesh in Hong Kong to talk about different films this week. We'll be talking about Nick Chung's latest film as well as the, uh, what was it direct-to-video? I'm not sure. Uh, no, it wasn't direct-to-video. <laughs> uh, the holiday family film, Staycation. This is East Screen, West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. another episode of East Screen, West Screen. This is the show where we talk about film from Hong Kong to Hollywood and some other stuff in between. I'm your host, Paul Fox, sitting here in very hot Hong Kong once again uh, with my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kevin Ma. Hi, everybody. I'm holding the mic. And we're also very pleased to have joining us, founder of the LoveHKFilm.com website, Mr. Ross Chen. Hi. And you may remember him from ages past in the another Hong Kong film movie page was that right movie page movie page yeah uh mr tim youngs hello so a uh, little bit of a different format because we're all here together uh, in the flesh in the same room uh normally we break down some general talk of the day and we talk about some news but i think this way this week we're just going to talk about movies because this is a very rare occasion right so. yeah i don't got no news yeah <laughs> no <laughs> there's news. no news table. my news table is we're on a mobile news table so yeah. there's no news table no news is good news with gary yeah. Ganu as the some kids show used to say. Um, I remember that. We are, I think it was a great space coaster was, was Maybe. that show. I yeah, think I yeah, could be wrong. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Nick Chung's latest film, which is what? The, the, how do you say that word? The trough? The trough. The trough. The trough. The trough. It's a thing that pigs eat out of, which really describes the film. <laughs> you know? I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not sure, uh, we're going to also describe the film really well. Yeah. <laughs> It's, pig, like, it's like a, a ditch that you dig. frenzy, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ditch that you yeah. dig in the ground. And you throw the suey in the trough. Right? Isn't it a weather thing? You throw crap in there. And you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a weather thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which still doesn't make sense. It's a low pressure. It's a low pressure or something. Or that's really? what the that's what the Chinese yeah, yeah, side yeah. of it is. Yeah, it's yeah, a low oh, pressure. Yeah. A trough of low pressure. Sorry, I never heard it. It's new to me too. Yeah, and so we're going to be talking about that. And we'll also be talking about the latest film from Johnson Lee, Staycation. I'll have much to say about that. Quote uh, unquote film. Film, right? yes. Yeah. Quote unquote film. So it sounds a little weird because we're actually in the same room and we're. I have a mic and we're on a mobile mic. Um, but I think it's picking up pretty nicely, right? Yeah. Sound? Yeah. yeah. And if not, well, you can send your hate mail to Kevin at. Uh, what? Well, <laughs> probably mixes to mono because it sounds like there's like a one of those earphone test video yeah. like audio files. We should have good sound dampening though because of all the. Toys that are surrounding us at the moment. I think it's bouncing um, off all the Blu-rays in here. Yeah. So, all right, well, why don't we start off with uh, Nick Chung's film, The Trough. The Trough. The trough. Uh, I slept through like yes, a significant number. <laughs> Can someone tell me the plot of that movie? Seriously. Uh, but we can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the movie takes place in a in a it's one of those cop fictional futuristic ish cop movies, right? In your future Chinese city. It's called Solo Field. I remember that much. Solo Field. It's called Solo Field, yes. yes. 
Uh, there's a, a cop who's like, uh, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Uh, Nick Nick Chen plays a cop, and he's undercover in a, in a gang that's run by Michael Mew, right? And then a bunch of <laughs> happens. At some time, it was run by Michael Mew. Yeah, sometime it was run by Michael Mew. But and the then... most important thing is forgetting forgetting about all that stuff. The most important thing is when the film starts, Nick Chung is dressed like Jesus, <laughs> wandering through the wasteland like uh, Mad Max. And yes. Fighting a hyena. Yes. I... Oh, he yeah. fights a hyena. He's in Africa. Okay, well, whatever. It's a wasteland. It's the African yes. wasteland. Fine. I guess, you know, he, he was there trying to follow uh, Wu Jing. From, like, he was trying to find Wakanda, I think. Yeah. So yeah. basically, he, 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 he gets attacked by a hyena. And then to stop the hyena, he does a Jesus pose. <laughs> Already with the Jesus beard. Okay? And, and then the coat. And then, of course, the film cuts away because this is obviously important and metaphorical. And it cuts away back to his life as an undercover cop. But what's most important of all that people need to remember if they ever see this film is that opening scene in Africa with him doing the Jesus pose and fighting the hyena has nothing to do with the rest of the film. That's what I was going to ask. Like, did I miss something? Did no, it hyena back? never comes back. Africa Jesus never pose comes never comes back. back. Africa never comes back. And Beard never comes back. <laughs> so, so yeah, the story is that he, he is like this cop and he's an undercover cop in this city that's like filled with crime and he's really tired of crime. And then there's a bad guy called the boss which run who runs the city who essentially is responsible for all the crime in the city and there's like a sort of a, a cat and mouse thing going on between the boss and well, not set up very and, well. and the cop. No, it's Apparently the boss owns lots of people like uh, Maggie Chung Ho Yi. Uh, who's a cop. <laughs> oh yeah, who, who, yeah, she owns he or she, the boss, he or she. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> owns owns like everyone in the city. Actually, except it's not for, a spoiler like, who plays the boss or that the boss is a she because it's the second built person in the movie who never appears until the boss shows up. So it's not a spoiler. Shu Jing Lei plays the boss. Sorry. <laughs> I not spent the first hour of the film waiting for her to show up. Pretty much. And it does a whole subplot where like a girl does a kidnapping and then like Nick tries to save this girl and then, then it reminds him of his own story except he's sort of like Joker and has different the different versions of the same story. And then uh, the, the girl kind of just drops out of the movie. Yeah, she also just, drops out No one movie. cares about her anymore. Okay, so that's the plot. <laughs> Eventually, he has to meet up with the boss, and then they, they discuss the, the necessity of crime and who runs the city and who has the power. And maybe someone wants, their needs, the, the city needs a boss, you know, especially one with blonde, uh, white blonde hair and who, who moves like she's in a Revlon commercial. But it, it, the movie away too much. Yeah, we give away too much. No, no not at okay. all. No, because it doesn't much. make any sense what I've said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, spoiler, the movie makes no sense. I so don't expect it to. Yeah, so I think like Nick Chun here, you know, he's he's done two two films. He's done two horror films, kind of horror films, and and they were all right, right? I mean, like yeah, I didn't uh, see the first one, but I no, think uh, okay. Keyboard Darn okay. was okay. Yeah, it was okay for what yeah, it was. Yeah. It wasn't then, an embarrassment of a horror film. Yeah, and then here he's got like a much bigger budget, and he wants to do sort of like an action film, and I guess he's trying to do Dark uh, Sin City. I guess there's that yeah. whole great, you know, there's that whole futuristic landscape. But it doesn't have, and... it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have all the cheesy pulpiness that those films had. Yeah, because he has no style. I mean, the, I, I think. Nick Chun's version of like a stylish script is all those monologues that every character gives in the middle of a movie. Like Michael Mew shows up when he shows up in the film, he sits down and he gives this monologue about like like how how tough it is to be to be undercover cop and how how tough it is to be like to uphold justice as a cop. And then suddenly, you know, no everyone's sort of standing around listening. Wait, to actually, his monologue. the film does have its themes like spread out here and yes. there, but you know, it doesn't really expand upon them. It just have people show up to say certain things. And yeah, just, and then there's a big gunfight. Now the gunfights are actually semi-entertaining 
Yeah, but there's like that fake shaky cam that no one ever makes sense of. It's really stupid. You know, but there's there's at least, uh, you know, they, they try to do John Woo-esque stuff, even though it's not really John Woo, and, you know, no one can really do that stuff anymore. It's at yeah. least some approximation of it. and But it's still really fake, because, like, you know, a guy can just stand there in a doorway and shoot, and everyone else is getting hit. And then it's like, how come no one can hit him? It's like, you know, they, they fight stormtroopers, basically. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all know the reason is why, why Nick Chen is set in a futuristic city is because he can't set it in Hong Kong, and he can't set it in China. So he doesn't make up the city. But it's not a fake world because they do talk about Trump. What? Oh, there's, yeah, a, there's a Trump reference in there. Oh, yeah, there's a Trump reference. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, that yeah. a reference just as a subtitle or was that actually... I think they actually say in Cantonese. No, actually, yeah, it's, it's I, a passing reference. It, also, they yeah. don't say his name, but they just say something about... Because there's something about America being so good. And it's, oh, do you know who your president is? Which I guess can work every 10 years. Every other every other president, you can say that, I guess. <laughs> not in the eight years before this. Yeah. Well, no, the one before that, I mean. Yeah. So, so yeah, the film it makes absolutely no sense. The plot makes no sense. Um, Nick Trent directing himself makes no, makes no sense. The characters make no sense. The 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 subplots make no sense. It is the whole thing place is sort of like a worse version of Switch. It's like Switch with no imagination, right? I mean, that's no Switch was at least funny. Switch is really funny, whereas the show is just really, really yeah. sort of it a, have endurance funny. It's not, test. Not funny. It's not funny. Yeah, because Nick Trent takes himself so seriously, and and the thing is, the, the themes are never that that potent or it's never that like delivered there, that well but the problem is they just come out in conversations and you know yeah. people have but it's like you know it's like everyone launches in these big monologues and these conversations about what they're doing and how important all this is it's like everyone's expecting to have these conversations and, but you're there going why why are you because if I showed up and they started having this conversation I'd be going what the hell are you talking about <laughs> I'm just trying to bust a bad guy but no apparently everyone's ready to talk about darkness and light and whether you know there needs to be a big boss or a small boss and how you know I wouldn't give up my principles about getting the big boss but you know I have to because I, I don't know it's, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever the movie makes no sense I don't even remember it there's there's a lot of ambition in the movie though I think I think there is ambition but the thing is I, I think Nick Chen really needed a producer to tell him yo your movie makes no sense yo change your script yo do something do something that's actually coherent they just, they just spend a lot of time on like a lot of the action scenes they, they just no but even the action like... scenes aren't even that good I mean that car chase where you know they have the car the, the police could have free car spinning like around not everything sort of defies physics in this real unreal it's all stylized CGI way. it's all stylized so it's weird yeah. yes because you know it, it doesn't really no, but it looks fake that's the thing you can't even make it look decent was this a step up from uh, Keeper of Darkness. No. I mean, was no. It's a way. It's, it's almost like a leap down f off of ten-story building. Because one of the things Keeper I think about, remember about Keeper of Darkness. Now I haven't seen the trough yet, but um, it did a really good job. I mean, it wasn't a perfect film by any means, but at least it was very good at world building. And by the end of that film, I was ready to see more of that world. I really was hoping for. Oh yeah, I remember a that was sequel. like a semi. Uh, yeah. 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 Sequel does this? Does yeah, it, is this Trump. trying to do the same thing? Is it trying to do world building? Is it trying to? draw you in and make you want to see more of it or and, no uh, but no because the world makes no sense it's too incoherent <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah. make any at sense at every turn it's just way too incoherent yeah the world creates it really makes no sense it sort of has its own internal logic but then you're just watching it like but even the eternal logic doesn't make any sense. Maybe he makes yeah. sense in his mind, but you know, it's just this happens Why to a lot of directors. Yeah. They just they just can't figure out a way to to explain it to people to make it interesting to them. Even the opening scene doesn't make sense. I mean, he's in Africa. Well, what is he doing in Africa? That scene has been cut out. So really, if it had something to do with the film, he he really could never tell us what it was. He could have just cut it out. You know, it's really a shame though. I mean, Nick Chun. When in the making of it, talks about how much effort he puts in, how much how dedicated he is, well, and know, how demanding here's he is. The thing. Nick, Chung, Nick Chung is a great guy. Okay, he's a yeah. great guy and a great actor. I think everyone thinks that and knows that. Sure. Doesn't mean he's a good filmmaker. And, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. I know a lot that. of. 
I've met a lot of really great filmmakers who suck in real life, and a lot of really great people who suck as filmmakers. <laughs> just how it works. More name names? No. Okay. Can you turn up the uh, turn up the music? <laughs> like one person is. You can do that. I've got a good uh, chicken. <laughs> audio. Yeah. yeah. Um, what yeah. about some of the other like? As I look at the supporting cast, you got people like Yoon Wall, M. Shud, Louis Chung. Um, oh, Louis Chung is like the comic relief in a film yeah. that doesn't need any comic relief. Mm -hmm. And also, like everyone yeah. in the film, he disappears. Yeah. Everyone, no one in the film really lasts. Even the bad guy doesn't show up until like the last third. Mm. So it's like, other than Nick Chung, and maybe like Maggie Chung, oh, yeah, there's like no character who lasts through the whole film. No, Ha Jong. The, the guy who plays oh, okay, his boss. Oh, okay, yes, his, 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 his boss. Okay, his yeah. boss is his Noir. Gordon. Commissioner no, Gordon. Yeah, Commissioner, his Noir boss with the top hat and like... <laughs> and or, or basically his Anthony Wong slash Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but a lot of characters just come in and they, they get killed or they disappear. And yeah, the whole thing's totally incoherent. Like, it could have used another like five more passes in the script. It's like, you really don't Seriously. know who, who's... It's just weird. Like, what is Nick Chung really doing? Is he really a cop? <laughs> who does he really answer to? I mean, I guess he answers to Ha Jung, but... Yeah, even Hojo that is, is, even that is Oh, and then there's like Yunnan. She's in the whole film. Oh yeah, Yunnan is as as he's an sexy hacker. Yeah, she's sexy a, hacker. He's like the assistant of 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 the Anthony Wong character. Oh, Hojong, Hojong yes. character. Yeah. Yes. Sexy yeah. assistant. So you compare really? this with Sin City. I mean, uh, Sin City is very stylized, and especially in some of the the characters are have a lot of prosthetic makeup and to to make them look. You know, no, that would take actual. Stylized. No, that would take they actual don't go imagination. That far here, right? No, that would take actual imagination. So it's just a case of a mono. They go monochrome with. Yeah, the... they do the monochrome. And they have all these CGI landscapes, and it's also also raining all and, the time. And, and physics is not exactly followed all the time. But yeah. the only reason they had all the prosthetics in Sin City is just to make them look like the comic. It's right. <laughs> there, there's no, you know, I mean, Nick Chung could have tried to make himself look like I don't know Tony Long, but what's the point? I guess it's worth pointing out that it's really ugly as well, right through the film. Because the whole way through the film, the film is processed in this almost black and white style, and the effects are lousy. Uh, and it's always raining. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that never looks good. No. Oh, the, I, way I, he, the way he does it, it never looks well, good. Well, that's why it's called the trough, because it's uh, the low pressure and it's always raining. And no, we all, sure we all thought it's a ditch that everyone pisses and, sh and craps <laughs> it. Yeah. But, but seriously, uh, you notice like, the cops and the police, their badges and everything, the signs, just says, police. <laughs> it doesn't say what city they belong to. It's like Robocop just city. Just right? police. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the, and, the, and the police cars have this big police, like, you know, <laughs> like it's a big design. And But yeah, there's no city. It doesn't doesn't actually tell you. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole thing's supposed to be a metaphor or something, right? Remember the original title is actually supposed to be called Taste of Crime. Because there's that line in the film where Nick Chen says, I miss the taste of crime. Why? But he's, he's basically a crime, uh, he's basically a criminal the whole film. <laughs> well, How can you miss something that you're doing? Well, it's either that or Nick Chen's a really big Abbas Karastami fan. I don't know. Still, better title. What taste of crime? Oh yeah, <laughs> the crime is really terrible. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. and also don't forget the music, all by Chen Kuangwing. Oh yeah, the Chen Kuangwing songs. He writes these these grunge <laughs> rock songs. Country, in country, English. soulful country, uh, country rock uh, ballads. It's like I'm on my soul, looking for my soul. Yes, yeah. these are sung in Cantonese and no, no, it's not English. English. Okay. Yes, I was actually regurgitating English lyrics. That's it's weird. how do you rhyme soul with soul? Didn't make any sense. Yeah, those were. Yeah, it's really terrible. I think it's the worst English original English music created for a film since Initial D. No, no, no. Initial D. Initial D is really terrible music. The rap, the rap music. Those uh, are all original. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I, I don't remember how bad it was. Because it wasn't sung by, like, you know... Uh, it was Leonard Cohen. Cohen. Like a, a Leonard Cohen imitator. I mean, that was... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like, didn't it? <laughs> no, it was almost like an imitation of gospel rock. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the trough. Right, so, with, with, I mean, with three films in of him directing himself, basically, do you think it's better for him to just become he's a, a producer he's a producer he's, he's a producer, producer. that's it because his producer this should time move is away from directing himself though should he get like because i thought with no because keeper of darkness he he showed improvement over his first film in terms of being a director maybe the problem is him directing himself uh, no because so. the problem is directing himself because when he's directing other people he's equally crappy hmm. so you know you got to give him credit for getting good cast members it's like wow i'll work with nick chung sure mm. i mean of course this is like a case because the film is the biggest producer the one the first one to credit is one cool which is louis ku's company so i mean you know he's got his buddies financing the film louis ku's not gonna say no to nick chun and the producers i mean his producer is his producer's manager he's not Claudia in the film is he no he's no, not no no, no surprise you know, cameo but he's in, no. he does so much stuff that he's not really credited on just as one cool mm. yeah but, but he's just money and like time and if you if you're if one cold didn't produce it he did go to his post-production services yeah and then the other producer is claudia chung was like as his agent so there's no one there to to control him and that's that's actually a widespread problem in the hong kong film industry and chinese film industry where they don't have these powerful producers who keep directors in check yeah but it's, it's it, well, i think one thing you have to stress though so it doesn't get too negative it's not really about keeping them in check it's just about having other voices that can really tell you or give you honest opinions your manager is not going to be that person yeah unless your manager is really really good you know, and, and yeah. you have that relationship with your manager, but you really need a, like really good creatives to also work with you. They can tell you what to, that, what they're thinking and where, where they think you might be going wrong and how to do things differently and better. So yeah, this this film he's all over it. He's director, star, writer, producer, writer, yeah. probably the uh, you know craft services and masseuse. Uh, <laughs> you know, we see it a lot in the cheaper films where you finish the film and you start thinking, wow, uh, how did that script get approved? But yeah. the thing about the trough is, this has actually happened with a really high budget, high profile film. Is it really high budget? I mean, look at that. I mean, every yeah. dollar, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just it looks really expensive. And... The special effects and all that stuff, yeah. So, yeah, it's a really big, sort of a confusing, baffling failure. I mean, how did Nick Chun, how did this happen to Nick Chun? A guy who's actually proven himself to, you know, make at least coherent movies in some ways. And then he's yeah, way but, over you know, his He always has this weird sort of like, some weird sort of like, uh, like, 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 he always portrays kind of a weird sort of world in his films. Like, you know, they always have their own sort of set of rules, and and you know, he has his ideas that are at least they they feel. They, actually, the weird thing is, this film feels like his least original film. Hmm. You know, he, he at least seems to have some kind of like a different sort of his own type of voice he's putting into his films or his own ideas, uh, with, especially with how he handles humor and like you know dark humor. And but then then yeah, this one he just kind of lost it. I don't know what happened. I mean, was obviously the ideas went over coherence or storytelling, and just the ideas overtook everything. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we give up on the film. Yeah. I mean, that's it on the trough. East Green, West Green. So, welcome back for our second review. This special episode finally staycation. somebody can talk with me uh, about this film uh staycation this time directed by uh lisi chit um who you know i he's it's not his first 
film. As well, he's not. He did. Uh, he did indie film. He did Citizen King. Citizen King. Citizen King, Citizen King right. which is really film. good. Yeah. Citizen yeah. King was okay. Um, it was really Kong, good for a Hong Kong indie film. It was actually very good. Yeah, yeah but it also it's kind of pretentious. So but it's a Hong Kong indie film. It's also a really good showcase for him. Yes, yeah, which I agree. is what it was designed to be. It's so, a Hong Kong indie film. What is? I mean, Johnson Lee. If you're not f- too familiar with him, he was kind of big on the Buddies, Fortune Buddies, run a couple years yeah. back with um, Liza, right? And they, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. doing Wong TV Cho shows. Wong Cho Lam, you know. And he also uh, had his own talk show for a while. Yeah, the, the he was doing like a Johnny Carson nighttime. But you may thing, know right? him best as the director in the very beginning of King of Comedy, Stephen Chow. Oh yeah, yes. doing the Andy Lau impression. Right. Yes. Right. yes. Um, and he's he does quite a few impressions. He's really good at doing impressions and doing yeah. singing impressions as well. Um, so he steps back into the directorial chair. Uh, you got a script here from uh, Alex Pau, who some people might remember. He did a lot of the Julian Chung romance movies, that like Blue Moon and Perfect Match back in two thousand. <laughs> you lost me. Yeah, you, um, you have to remember the films to remember the screenwriter. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I like those films anyway. Uh, he's back, and Maybe this film, Staycation, is. Um, I it felt like it was being targeted as a children's film. Um, I think it looks like a New Year film, isn't it? Would you New say? I don't think it's a children's film. Because I, I I got a very similar vibe to kind of um, Meow and what was the 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 big house Girl the, the big house. Girl, Girl in the big house. house. Yeah, yeah. I got a very similar vibe to that because of the kids maybe and the family thing. Do you think it's um, a, it seems more like a New 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 Year movie, right? That's what it's aimed to be. Yeah, it that, could that, it could that, fall that. into that. So the basic premise of the of the story is. Uh, a son who is kind of on the outs with his father, played by the great Dick Long, um, mm-hmm. who speaks a lot of English in this movie, which is great. Uh, he kind of decides to take the family on this vacation to this campground in Hong Kong. And that all sounds well and good, except, and you know, uh, I would expect better from Johnson Lee, he basically rips off two very big set pieces from Christmas Vacation. Um, wow, okay. I and, didn't know this. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a... If you're familiar with Christmas Vacation, there's a scene where Chevy Chase goes in to buy um, a Christmas gift for his wife, and there's a, like a sexy model at the perfume counter, and he gets all hot and bothered, and his son Rusty comes in at a certain point, and she's like showing him the laundry. It, it's almost exactly ripped that same scene. Um, there's another scene later where they're driving on the road, and he gets into this kind of road altercation with this big truck. Um, they use that scene in this movie. I was very kind of taken out right from the start when I realized that, okay, he's basically just, I mean, completely ripped off Christmas Vacation, these very two notable segments. Uh, the rest of the film beyond that, I don't know, it felt okay. It didn't feel like it was borrowing too much from um, camp movies, per se, but, um, you know, basically takes place in this camp run by... Lock Ha-ying. Let's see some of the other cast what, Who here. does Johnson Lee play? Uh, father, right? The father. He's the dad. He's yeah, dad. he's the dad. Uh, Dick Long is his dad. Okay. Um, Yen Shu is his mom. And so they have... Uh, and their son, their other son, his brother, is played by um, Andrew Lam Man Chong, who's basically doing the same kind of shtick he's done for the last couple movies, like in Full Strike oh, okay. and stuff. Is, 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 does does Ian Chow's in the movie, are there like Kung Fu Hustle jokes? She does a yell. Again, uh, yeah. yeah, she's still, she's still, <laughs> she's still, 14 years ago, she's still falling back to, to, to the, to the yellow. Yeah. 
Um, Louisa So, so it was his wife. Um, yeah, some she's people such a shame because yeah. she's normally a really good actress. Yeah, um, this is below her. And Louisa So, yeah, okay. she just does uh, TVB, you know. Yeah, usually TVB really... stuff. Tony Ho's here in a small role, and uh, uh, Chin Su Ho is kind of the rival family. Um, which is kind of yeah. it's kind of sad. I, I felt sad for his character at a certain point when you well, find out the, the backstory of him. Well, Chin Su Ho, uh, I guess his uh, his resurgence really hit a snag. Yeah, um, <laughs> but basically they get to this camp and you know they're trying to bond as a family and and he's trying to win the the affection of his dad. His dad was Dick Long was a race car driver in early on, and because his son did something stupid during one of his races, he lost the race. And so he's always blamed him, so there's this tension um, between the characters. And so he wants, no more than anything, to sort of win back the affection of his dad. And, of course, it comes down to a go-kart race <laughs> again uh, at this camp where the families are competing. Once it got to that kind of part, I was like, uh, okay, you know, some of the gags were okay. But it, was a, it got some pretty adult humor in places because there's some sexual innuendo, which isn't turns out to not be sexual innuendo. So it's to had me questioning whether, again, was it, meant for kids or was it more for something else it was really hard to figure out where this film fit um because it wasn't you know it was borrowing from christmas vacation but it wasn't set like in a holiday it was just like the family kind of going off and and doing their thing um it's probably why it ended up not opening during chinese new year well plus that in the film has no real market yeah it's it it, it just kind of really felt a little bit out of balance it wasn't as quirky as something like full strike uh, it didn't have um, with the exception, I think, Dick Long, it, the performances were pretty much kind of flat throughout. Um, and the rest of it was just kind of, you know, standard fare. You know, the family bonds by the end, and yay, everybody's happy and, and together, and and uh, there you have it. Um, how, was, how was Johnson Lee's directing? Was there any directorial voice in the film? No, and again, <laughs> shaking his for head. me, the, the, the big thing was the fact that he really ripped off the, these two set pieces. Um, just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, how do they even get away with that? But again, it's Hong Kong cinema. They used to do this all the time, so I guess... It really sucks, though, as a person who watches a lot of films. You know, it's just like, I guess you have to watch everything. <laughs> you can see where yeah. people are ripping crap off from. I mean, but it's one thing, because I know the people were debating this on the Facebook forum for Love HK Film they were? about... Um, Stephen Chow films, they were talking about the third... Hi, back one, to school. Yeah, that rips off Basic Instinct. But that's a parody. That's yeah, deliberately that's the a thing. parody. It's, it's, it's one thing to be a true parody and to take it in a direction that, you know, it's like, yes, we know we're borrowing this, but we're also taking it further. It's another they thing also to know, do. They also know you know what it is when they bring it up. Yeah, because a, because the, the plot, it actually the, the popularity of film depends on whether you know what it is right. or not. And it's, but it's another it. thing to, and, and also that was fairly current for the time. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was only a year, like a year like, out. Actually, no, that was within like six months. You know, yeah. it's another thing to take a film that was done ten years ago and just basically do no, a no, recreation. Like 20 years. Years. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, Johnson Lee was it every year. So okay, it's a bit okay. timeless. Right? I mean, Johnson Lee was banking on um, Hong Kong people not knowing Christmas Vacation, and, I, and, and I'm sure probably a lot of people don't because yeah. I, I don't think it's ever been released. Locally, to my knowledge, I don't think so. anyone knows about staycation either. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except the two of us in this room. Well, yeah. and, and the passengers of Cathay Pacific. Yes, I, yes, that's, I, that's I know it exists. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that. Fact. Um, but I would say this: I would say if you can overlook the fact that it does kind of do this borrowing, um, 
and it doesn't do it in a way that again improves on it or, or, or makes it funnier in, in any sense get past that part and the rest of it is is passable um, not really a kids film even though it kind of felt like it was trying to be a kids film for a while nothing is interesting or funny as something like Full Strike which I compare it to but um, Full Strike wasn't horrible yeah, I didn't find Full Strike to be that good. That's it's not that good. I mean, it's I laughed. Not horrible, I laughed. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. lots of lots of problems, but there are things to enjoy about. But yeah, I mean, it's there. It's it felt like it would have been a direct-to-video release almost, but um, I'm surprised it got some practically was screen. Yeah, yeah. Some it did get some screen time here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I actively. It, I saw it at the Metroplex. You played it, Grant. I actively avoided it. Was it? Was it <laughs> I don't know where I was. Uh, <laughs> big show, a big audience when you were there, or were you the only one? The screen was big. <laughs> well, that's something, uh, right? No, there, there were not many people. Because it was playing. Well, I only found out the film existed because I saw an MTR ad. So, I mean, it, there was an MTR ad. It was actually promoted around town. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it had a big distributor, IVL, right? I think. I think Intercontinental was a distributor, and I was actually at the Latte Cinema. I was watching a Korean film or something, and when I was coming out, the other two guys who were watching it with me, well, we weren't sitting together, in it. the other two guys who were in the cinema. There were only three people in the cinema. And uh, they know the owner, and the owner was like, you want to stay and watch this really crappy Hong Kong movie? And they were like, yeah, and I just walked away. <laughs> and I knew it was vacation. I knew it was vacation, but I was like, uh, I'm going to go home. So yeah. I actively avoided that movie. I'd say, too, I mean, if you're looking at picking this up to DVD is fine. There was nothing in it cinematography-wise that spoke to me and said, yeah, you really want to see this in Blu-ray or... It needs to be super HD or anything. So it like should that. be watched so, on a plane. Then. On a plane, it was perfectly fine yeah, on a plane. Yes. That's how I saw it. So um, Maybe there some you people have it. People really want to see like you know the depth of thick long skin. You know, <laughs> they want to see little nook and cranny in 4K. So they can hit the zoom yeah. button. And like wow, there's pores. The thing is about that film is if, if you've seen Citizen King, there's just no continuity in terms of the director. Mm -hmm. Like but, Citizen King, because this was so many years. Wild and very exciting. Well, even yeah. But this one is. Largely set on a field, but yeah. you, you know, they're, they're different, they're different types of films. Yeah. Citizen King is not a film that you would consider a real commercial film. Well, the this thing is, is obviously very commercial. Citizen King is also stolen from King of Comedy, isn't it? Yes, is Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy? Essentially, but he spends a lot of time in the film referencing Scorsese and other things like that. Mm. So right. there is a clear okay. nod to what he's doing. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's and I mean, it may be the fact that he is somebody who likes Chevy Chase, loved the Christmas Vacation movie, and was trying to pay homage to that somehow, but it doesn't yeah, really but the come problem across is how do you How do you pay homage to that? If he stole a whole scene. Yeah. And also, it, it's just weird because, you know, I, I think for a film like this, you know, I haven't seen it, so I, I don't know. But for a film like this, if you want to homage it, you can find ways to homage it, but not just copy whole scenes wholesale. And, and just, yeah. you see, you should be able to tell as an audience member what's really happening. Like the scene in Basic Instinct that got moved to, like... Uh, uh, put back to school three. That is clearly a parody or an homage. Um, not even homage. They're just they're just screwing with you because they know you've seen a scene just like that in a movie right. that you saw last year. It's just in this case, it's it's like why would he do that? Mm. Um, one of the problems is that the, the vacation films are not exactly what you consider national classics. Right. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's it's a weird thing. You know, if he wanted to do it, if he really wanted to, he needs to also find a way to twist it. But the problem is, how can you put something that no one's that familiar with anyway? Yeah, that's true. And I think the other thing that I was really, I found interesting was that he doesn't really tap into any of the stuff he's previously done. He's not doing imitations of Andy Lau or Aaron Kwok or any of that, that he's kind of done in the Fortune Buddy movies and, and stuff mm -hmm. that he kind of built a lot of fame on. He's just playing pretty much a fairly straightforward 
dad role here. So he's a straight man. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Who's the comic no, relief? Comic. He is. He is a comic character. I mean, he's supposed to be kind of inept and right. But I mean, he's like he's <clears throat> compared with his brother, who's like. <laughs> It, you know, basically the same guy from Full Strike. He's just like, you know, insane and doing crazy stuff on a whim. And half of it probably might have been improv on the spot. Who yeah, knows? I don't think you can control that guy um, as a director. I, I think if you hire him, <laughs> you know you just turn around and read the paper and while he's acting. I mean, in that, in that sense, he's pretty much, you know, he's Clark Griswold, really. I mean, he's just... You know, he's not doing Pratt Falls or anything. The movies, um, he's, he's just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a staycation. You can stay at home and stay, watch it on a staycation. <laughs> did anyone see the Vacation remake, the one with Ed Helms? I did, yes. Did they, okay, well, that's, they didn't do Christmas Vacation, so I guess they didn't, couldn't rip that off. I was just wondering how much of that film was. Uh... I mean, because that's a direct sequel. So, oh, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Ed Helms is playing Rusty, oh, basically. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, okay. And um, they're, they're, yeah, so it's a, it's a direct sequel. So it's not really a remake. It's a well, reboot. It, it's a remake in the sense that basically the Ed Helms character as Rusty is now his dad's age when they first went to Wally World, and he wants to kind of recreate that experience with his family. And so he basically plans... A, sim a similar road trip, and it goes to help, but for different reasons. It's not like, you know, they the the you okay. know the the weekend at Bernie's grandma thing, and and the stuff that happened in the first film. They don't do exactly the same stuff. It's just another road trip. All right. Um, any final thoughts on staycation, Tim? Uh, I think I I just you have a more positive opinion of the film than me. <laughs> I really did not like it at all. Okay. Uh, it, it, to me, it just felt like filler, filler, filler. Once they get to that campsite, they it just felt like they were wasting time. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the audience that I think that film is made for, I think it's for people who like things like the Super Trio show on TV, where they just like to watch people do inane games. Uh, and it, those, I mean, for people who aren't in Hong Kong, those are TV shows that are on regularly with celebrities playing silly games together in teams yeah. and, but this is kind of taking that out into a campsite and just doing it in the open air on, on some right. grass i mean the other thing lake. too is at the campsite there's really nothing i mean you would expect that there would be like lots of other families but it's basically just two families they have a couple extras they throw in in a few scenes to make you feel like there's more people there but there's really not it's just sounds like a patrick Kong film yeah there is a super normal thing too though with the uh that's oh the the, the, the the mp3 that egg. was so weird yeah. <laughs> that was there's a there's a there's a giant uh special effect a prosthetic special effect that uh is in this that somehow relates back to johnson lee's day job yes <laughs> with, with, yeah with the egg because he his day job is he's a salesman and uh, uh an it specialist for this thing called the the wi-fi egg mm. and it's a giant egg that serves as a Wi-Fi hotspot. Why it's an egg? <laughs> Who knows? And more than a foot high. Yeah, I'm huge. Yeah. It's not like you yeah. can fit this in your pocket. So, so what is it for? You just park it on street corners? It is the most stupid device possible yeah. to lead into the big surprise <laughs> the, the, at the, the campsite. The big, the big supernatural surprise. What, yeah. the egg hatches? 
No, but no. Uh, you're close. <laughs> anyway, so well, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that, and that's like a major. <laughs> it's a major part of the film. That's the thing. It, it's, and, it's part of what I th see is just time wasting in that yeah, film. But that was that was where all the money went too. That was a pretty big prosthetic. It I mean, was, yeah. so. Just, it's, it, now that I, I completely <laughs> blocked that out for some reason. Well, you know, it's coming out now on DVD and Blu-ray, so yeah. now I will finally have a chance to see it. And you should, yeah. <laughs> you can blame me. You know, I, last year, no. okay, last year when I was trying to catch up on movies I had missed, I missed a bunch last year, and this year I followed suit and missed a bunch of this year. But last year, one of the films I caught up on, just thinking I had to catch up, and I figured I should, like, you know, juggle the types of film. Just don't see, like, all the good ones everyone recommended. you got to see, like, a lot of the other ones. I threw in Lucky Fat Man. <laughs> okay. One very funny scene. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, I really regret it. <laughs> Why'd you do that? But it just reminds me of this one because they're both kind of the same thing for me. There's like this kind of a, a TV personality, all-star yeah. cast, or C-level cast. here's the thing, and you mentioned this when you reviewed it last year. I don't remember anything about that movie. So. No, but you said Bob Lamb deserves a better movie than this. Oh, and yeah. it's right, because if you watch um, him in Capsule Sinking, Capsule Capsule Odyssey Sinking City, he was great in that. He's great in small doses. You know, Bob Lamb does not work in like as a major player, but he, he's really great in small doses. But he, and he was really funny. And, yeah. and the promo stuff he was doing for that, yeah. well, that I saw was really funny. Um, but it's just a shame that most of that movie kind of fell flat. But that that's the other thing. This movie, when I was watching it, I was like, are they trying to be the next meow? And I always come back to meow because of that big prosthetic thing. I'm thinking, is that... Just in case meow was like a massive monster hit, yeah. he, he had to find a way to like you know, ride that wave. The so. big alien cat that wants to kill your entire family wave. And, and he hoped to do it on a hundredth of the budget. Well, he can always talk to one cool and see how they can help him. One cool is like, we couldn't even help ourselves with meow. <laughs> one tear rolls down the whiskers. Oh, I'm still hoping for a sequel. Never. Never. Just, 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 no. just go to Manning's. Just go to Manning's. That's all you need. I did. Just watch those Manning ads. Cat is still working. He's still got work. Um, that's great. All right. Uh, sorry, Tim. Uh, last word on it? Pass? I, I, I've said all I can. <laughs> I just can't recommend it. You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. Well, you have been listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Our theme music was composed by Rob Jabor of Schnauzer Radio Orchestra. Research has come from a variety of sources, but primarily the lovehkfilm.com and the Hong Kong Movie Database. We also get a tremendous amount of moral support from listeners like you. So if you'd like to be part of the show, please do get in touch with us via the website at concast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash concast. You can email us at eastscreen at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at eastswests. Uh, as always, please do follow along with Kevin and everything that he does. So, sir, where can they find out more about you? Uh, I'm at Twitter, uh, at, the, at Golden Rock, the Golden Rock, one word, the Golden Rock. Uh, I also write for Cathay Pacific and uh, Cathay Dragons magazines, uh, Discovery and Silk Road. Uh, you can read my stuff in the entertainment section. What did I write about this month, Paul? You actually read my magazine you, this month. You read about Along with the Gods. Yes, Along with the Gods, and I forgot what the art film column was about. <laughs>
already. Um, yeah, you can read there. Uh, you can also go to my website, Asia and Cinema, which I update very, 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 very occasionally. Uh, I'm working on a Derek Chu interview, um, so I might finally get that online this week. If I don't know when we're uploading this, but it might be online already. Um, and yeah, you can follow that Twitter, Asia and Cinema. That's one word, Asia and Cinema. And you can uh, email me at kevin at asiancinema.com. And so you did not have to watch Staycation for Kathy? No, why would I promote that? They don't make that? you watch everything that they No, no, about. I only write about the movies I promote. And actually, by the time I get the lineup, I've seen about half the films. And then Staycation, unfortunately, was not one of those films. Or fortunately. Fortunately. Okay. Unfortunately. I could get a link, yeah. but come on. All right. Also, want to say a big thanks to our fellow co-hosts this week. Um, Ross, mm. people know you from the lovehkfilm.site, which is on hiatus. Um, but you also still kind of moderate the Facebook site, so... I don't know what that really entails. He just appears. Moderate. He just, you know, hit buttons to let ban. people join. Ban. Uh, ban. I have only banned two people, okay? Only one, actually. But, you know. Uh, no, it's just, yeah, I, I don't do much now. But uh, reported countless. <laughs> reported countless people. Well, what? people who, like, post spam links, right? Well, there are a lot of reports. Lots of spam links. Yeah, yeah, Lots yeah. of spam links. And, yeah, uh, that's got to be hard to maintain. Yeah, the question is, you know, is, is, is someone promoting their site for reviewing... Uh, the Hong Kong movies is that is that spam yeah that's a that, you know yeah. it's, but that's it's, like walking to McDonald's and go oh, I got really great chicken McNuggets over at Burger King right yeah but you know, that's yeah. all anyone ever does <laughs> you know it's, it's like in, and nowadays I realize wait a second all this time you were posting I didn't realize but you're just like trying to post to push your site uh, it doesn't matter you know they can't get that content on my site so it's whatever they can do it you know, there I mean at a certain point I think it's there's a kind of etiquette, you know, you can go in and say, hey, you know, I, I follow this site, and if you're interested, I do similar things at my site, you know, but to do it every time you do an update, Actually, you know, there, becomes... there, there was maybe in the old days, uh, in the old days, uh, <laughs> Tim can follow me on this, it's just, you know, you had an etiquette if you want to do stuff like that, you, you always talk to whoever runs the forum, say, can I promote my forum here, or can I, uh, you know, can yeah. I... Uh, can I, you know, yeah. oh, big fan, you know, whatever, and can, can I promote it, or I, I run this other side, I don't know if you've heard of it, blah, 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 yeah. can I, can I say things? People would Yeah, nowadays they don't, they just, yeah. they just do it, which you is, know, which is odd, but Blame whatever. the Zuckerberg, so. Yeah, yeah, there are worse things going on in the world than that, you That's know. true. Uh, I do gotta put, like, a, a disclaimer thing, I'm not responsible for people posting their links, so if you go through the links and the content stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Click at your own risk, you know? yes. <laughs> Um, also, Tim, you, your site is um, still in the cloud, right? Or is oh, it... no, it's, it's all fine. It, it, it's on this hard drive cloud. <laughs> it, it's on my hard drive, <laughs> yes. yes. Like my old site, yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah. It never to be here to have seen, like, seen it for again, unless somebody can somehow dig it out of the deep web, I guess. Yes. Um, but you're still very active with film festivals, right? And uh, doing stuff with Udine. And... Well, I, it's kind of done. I, that, that happened just a few weeks ago. So now right. I'm in the lull uh, until the next one comes around. Yeah, which uh, will be... Right, the next you know, one's in, in April, so... Next year. I'm not going to work on that for about half a year. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, if people are interested to find out more about it, the current site is still there, and they can, you know, check back for updates, you know, for in months. The film festival. Yeah. Uh, Far East Film Festival. Yes. Yeah, fareastfilm.com. Okay. All right, excellent. Um, please do follow along with our friends over at Podcast on Fire as well, and uh, check out all the work that they do. Next episode will be 256. So I'm not sure what we'll be talking about because uh, I'm not sure what time zone I'm going to be in <laughs> and where Kevin's going to be when we record that. Well, Ooh. next one probably is Star Wars, right? Because that's next week. 
Star Wars, yeah, we could talk about that if I get the chance to see it um, when I get back. Um, yeah. So we may talk about that. Dear um, Dad, because the next Hong Kong film is uh, Sun and Moon, which is a new Benny Lau film, but we can't see that yeah, until the end of the month. And find one of those ones that you and never saw that gets. Rumor has video. it that uh, there's a new Barbara Wong film on the way too, right? We could at some point in the future. <laughs> Sorry, just puke a little. Bit. Um, no, there is a Barbara Wong. There's girls too, which I've seen. Yeah. But the Who question knows when is, I'll see it, but, uh, where do I want to talk about it? That's right. a different thing. I think it's professional capacity. I'm not allowed to talk about it actually, yeah. or to offer my thoughts on it. Otherwise, and, uh, yeah. The one film that I did manage to see here while in Hong Kong in the cinema was. Uh, course uh the much anticipated at least for me super normal three. Oh, we gotta do that one yeah. so um at some point i'll be talking about that but i'm not sure what we'll be talking about we'll be talking about something so until then this is the east screen west screen podcast saying happy to be in hong kong and we'll see you next time it's good to see you paul see you next time Bye. Bye.